is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the big leagues. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer. We're live. All right, welcome everybody to Schaefer Baseball Report, Friday edition. We got uh, Andrew Multiple Tools Eichen in the house. On the back side of the bar now, like the on the real side. side. Yeah, I got a promotion. Yeah, listen, man. We've been, now you got to tell your grandfather that he has a look at the digits. You watch noon, him? Noon watch. All right, all right, Ed. So now you don't have to watch the uh, the, the back of your grandson's head the whole time. You get to uh, you get to enjoy <laughs> the uh, the big guy's face. And uh, we got a special guest that we're going to bring on here in a little bit. Um, Robbie Allen. Robbie Allen's head coach at Brunswick Community College uh, down towards the uh, the Wilmington area. And Robbie and I competed against each other uh, in college. He was a phenomenal middle infielder. And I say phenomenal, like uh, he was very, very good. And I don't throw that out a lot, being an old middle infielder. But um, we competed against this guy when I was at Maryland. Robbie was at Clemson. And then uh, Robbie drafted twice, actually, um, by the Dodgers, once in the fourth round, and then went in the uh, what they call the supplementary uh, draft, which was no longer around, but he was a first-round pick. Then uh, quite a bit of a journey, you know, for Robbie. He's uh, went from the high school coach. Uh, it went well, high school coach. He actually scouted for the Dodgers for a number of years as well. Um, then on to, uh, you know, uh, on to college and has been in the game forever. Uh, he's, he's one of those guys. He's a lifer. And uh, he's been a good asset to, uh, to baseball in the Carolinas for many, many years. He's a good friend. Uh, we have good conversations when I, when I call him with players, uh, he's, he's, he's a straightforward guy. And the beauty of that is, you know, uh, you know, we bring, we, we bring players, Andrew, that, you know, that we like that think it help programs out. And, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't, doesn't fit the program. Either they're looking for something else or, you know, that's not the style of player that they want. And, you know, you look for candid conversations with these guys because neither of us have a ton of time to waste, you know, it's, you know, you like him or not, well, he falls a little bit short or it's not what we're looking for, so on, and then we move on, and then the next player we see, we go back to. It's uh, So he's not a used car salesman, you know, which uh, we deal with quite a bit out there. Um, so, but before we bring Robbie back in here, let me just, uh, well, you know what, let's let's go ahead and let, let's bring Robbie in because I do want to go over some of the big league stuff that uh, that's happening, and then we're going to transition into uh, – you know, the things that that we see differently than, than when we were coming through. So Robbie's probably a year older than I am. So we played through the same year. But Robbie, welcome to to the show. Thank you for uh for jumping on with us. You hear us okay? I can. Thank you for All having right. me. Excellent, excellent. So um watching the playoffs right now, it's 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 been it's been interesting. Um obviously, you know, San Diego and Philadelphia tied up. We got yeah. Dusty Wathen that whose son Huck played through here and Gus played with us. Um, third base coach with the Phillies going to get our spirit of the game award at a home plate gala this year. Uh, that's a one, one series playing yeah, today. Good series. Yep. And then we have, uh, Yankees and, and Houston, which, you know, dropping the ball shape. Oh boy, the man. Yanks. It's, uh, it, 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 it's not looking good for the Yankees. Um, but they're going home and yep. that always man, changes the scenario and you never know, uh, you know, get back around to, to Cole and, uh, and see what happens from there. But the game, Robbie, that, that interested me the most, and I don't know if you got to watch it, but unfortunately I stayed up and watched the whole thing, was the 18-inning game between uh, Seattle and Houston. Um, no run scored all the way until the 18, 18th inning, so one-run win on a walk-off home run. Well, not a walk-off, but on a home run by Pena, um, uh, which is a rookie, 20-year-old rookie. But in that game, 42 strikeouts. 42 strikeouts. So as, 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 as a coach now, and as a coach, you know, as my age and your age, you know, these kids, I'm screaming two strike approach. We're trying to teach two strike approach, put the ball in play, put the pressure on the defense. I'm watching guys like Donaldson and judge and Stanton and Carpenter. And these guys taking swings just to change the game by a run. Um, your approach now, are you still teaching a two-strike approach? Have you jumped into this metric stuff? I know you had trouble even just getting your computer hooked up today, so I'm saying no. <laughs> no metrics. I mean, I mean, we here's here's the thing I tell our guys all the time. I said that what we look at is on-base percentage. I mean, how many runs you score, how many runs you drive in. I mean, that's basically – that's the metrics we go by. 
um, right. offensively, and we we do teach a two-strike approach. I mean, you know, we teach first strike's yours. After then, it belongs to the team. And uh, your your objective is to reach first base in some manner. So um, we do teach two strikes. What about how much, uh, you know, the college game obviously is different than the pro game, and you and I have spent a lot of time in the pro game. Um, but the pro game, the pro game when we were playing – didn't really change a whole bunch in terms of manufacturing runs. So the bunt, the hit and runs are almost a dead, you know, a dead issue. Um, stolen bases really don't become very paramount until the playoffs, it seems like. It's not a big statistic again. They'd much rather have a guy sit at first base and somebody try to hit a home run. Uh, but you guys are, you know, you're, are, do, you, do you look to small ball? I mean, obviously at times you bring in players that are big, uh, you know, power guys that you're, you're leaning on them for th- those numbers. But in terms of you know manufacturing runs, hit and run, bunts, steals, all part of Brunswick's game. Yes, absolutely. Um, we we don't mind using our cleanup guy in a, in a close game with runners on first and second, or a runner on second just to move the runner um, with a bunt. So um, that's something we work on on a regular basis. So. Um, I don't mind doing that. They got to understand we do that, and that's just part of our offensive game. That's, I mean, those those are the fun games to watch. We were talking last week, um, you know how, you know the shift coming out of the game again, you know, the, eliminating the shift. To me, that puts more emphasis on the second baseman being more of an athlete again than the guy that can just catch a ground ball and drop twenty twenty five home runs a year or you know so i'm watching the other night and they take the shortstop and they put the shortstop in the second baseman spot and they move the the second baseman up the middle a little bit so the shortstop's playing with more range but eliminating the uh eliminating the the shift brings back guys like you and i the middle infielders that you had to be more versatile you had to be able to play on both sides of the bag uh you had to be a little bit more rangy and uh not necessarily you know our offense was the the biggest piece of that it was more you know, are you gonna are you gonna help win games with defense, pitching and defense? So, you know, your 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 recruiting processes, do you still look to the middle infield guys, you know, to be able to play both sides and being almost equal, maybe less a little bit less arm strength on one side, but yet feet and hands the same? Yes, without a doubt. Try to stay we try to stay strong up the middle. Um you know, I've, I've even said this before. I think the team that really put us kind of, so to speak, on the map, we're still not where we need to be, but um, th- that really jump-started us was um, the 2013 team. And we had, uh, on that team, we had nine high school shortstops. Wow. Um, so um, I, I think that's important to stay strong. There, You know, most of the time, your middle infield is your best athletes. Um you know, it's just it's that's part of it, and that's part of our process. Still, we'll we'll take a big guy on the corner or a big catcher that can throw and receive and run the ball out of the yard occasionally. But um, we we still because we only have them two years, right? So we try to recruit athletes. So, do you see a change in the athlete over, let's say, you know? 10 years, well, obviously in high school, it's a different story, but since you've gotten into the college ranks, have you seen a, less of a baseball player and more of an athlete in terms of bigger, um, faster guys and not le- not so much instinct to? I, I see more athletes and less instinct. Yeah. And and when I say instinct, I, I, for lack of a better term on that, they just don't have the knowledge. Yeah, they, um, they, they, they're not students of the game like they used to be. And uh, I, I've seen that change, and that's a, a big change in in the game today. With with the players that we're getting, is the knowledge of the game. So that takes the go ahead. Andrew. Well, why do you think that's changed? Like, what what in ten years has been I the think, biggest difference maker for that? I think showcase baseball has screwed that whole process up. I Shall mean, I think I think it's everybody out there playing for themselves, playing for a number, trying to show off their tools so they get a Robbie Allen or, you know, head coach at another college or something like that to like them and want them because they're skillsies. And more times than not, when we go to these evaluating scenarios, like these, these individual showcase programs, right. And the guy gets to throw four, four balls, two to third, two to home. Um, you get 16 swings, you get five ground balls. 
you know, it's all, it's all individual or the holding a gun and a kid is running across the diamond to throw, you know, 86, 87, 88, 90 miles an hour to first base, but yet not picking it clean and getting rid of it. And that's mm -hmm. things when I talk about Robbie and the things I remember about Robbie, because, you know, again, all the guys that were a year ahead of me in the ACC or two years ahead of me, I always watched them. You know, Robbie was an all ACC player, right? So I'm going to lock in on this guy. And, you know, he was, he was first step quickness guy. He was click, click off the glove. He had a good arm, you know, but he was sure everything was sure. Right. So, you know, to answer that question, Robbie bounced back in here in a second, but um, I just think the showcase platform has changed the dynamic. And I also think there's a flood of baseball coaches running these organizations that don't know the game and don't know how to teach the game. They can hit fungos. They can throw BP. They can do all that other stuff. So Robbie, I'll leave that to you at that point. I, th I think the playing of the games um, is good in some form, but I'll ag I'll agree with you 100. percent There's there's not they're they're not teaching the game on a daily basis like it needs to be, and uh, you know they're they're more worried about teaching the the guy how to swing the bat, um, and and. You know, I hear this all the time. If you can hit, you'll get somewhere to play. You'll you'll play somewhere, and that's true. But you can only have so many DHs on your team. Right, so right. Um, the other part's got to come with it too. And uh, you know, it's it's just we gave our players a baseball IQ test this year. First time I've ever done that. <laughs> I mean, wow. we, we, it, but we I, I've got to do something. And now we have we've just done that. So now next week on Monday, we will go through it. And, uh, you know, I won't, I'm not trying to downplay our guys by any means. We got some that answered well and did well on it, but we got some that we, we need to make them understand what the question is. Um, and so they'll, and put them in that situation. So they'll know what that answer should be. So that, that's important. So when we uh, when we do our evaluations of our players around here, that's one of the areas that you know the the mental part of the game, and um, you know, does the kid have a baseball IQ? You know, does he? Does, but not only IQ, but you got to have a feel for the game. So Robbie will tell you, as as middle infielders, the better middle infielders in the game that have a feel for the game can play with the game eyes in the back of the head. And what I say by that is, ball hitting the gap, right? Extra base hits, whatever. We know where to go. We know where our spot is. And we have a feel for the runner. We know the speed of the runner. We know the arm strength of the guys. And we can take a relay throw and understand that that guy is probably two steps past second right now and make a throw. Or he's all the way to almost into third and you don't take it. So you don't see those. You don't see that scenario as often. The guys have a feel. And it's interesting because you say, Robbie, you got to spend a lot of time when you get these athletes teaching them how to play the game instead of getting the baseball player and, you know, and then starting your processes of, on how to win. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. We we do ground balls with a stopwatch. We do relays with stopwatches. We, we're trying to get the mental clock there. Um, so we'll know what what time we've got to get rid of the ball and get to first base or, or where we've got to relay that ball or cut that ball. You know, and we've got help from the catcher or the third baseman or, or whomever's lining it up. But. You know, the big thing is, like you said, you, you've got to have that knowledge and you, you've got to have that mental clock and you got to understand who's running. And I, I think that's one of the things that in today's game, middle infielders don't really pay attention to anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know when I was playing, we talked all the time, good runner, plus runner, yeah. you know, let one another know. Um, now, if you don't yell it out of the dugout, nobody's saying it. So, Say it all the time. Pace a ball, speed a runner. Pace a ball, speed a runner. You know, and then yeah. you know, and, and explaining to these guys, I see guys playing on the cut for double play depth. You know, not understanding that you know we're giving up something to turn two to get something. So we may have to give up step a range or a ball in the hole that we may only get one at second or whatever instead of. Um, but you know, it's it, it's interesting, but. Again, I, I think, you know, and Andrew and I say, I mean, we're proud of the fact that, you know, we have we have former professional players in here, myself, uh, uh, Ross Glode, John Ennis, Morris Madden, Tim Kirk, I mean, uh, Keith Glober. So guys that have been at the levels that, you know, different levels and been through the systems that understand how important that part is for the game. So we see it a little bit different than the guys that are coming out of school or coaching that have not seen it. And I think, you know, it, you know, I'm looking – 
through here. And what people don't understand is when they finally get the pro ball and will bounce back. But I do want to, I do want to talk about this piece right here. Um, the journey that's involved and how many different players we see and how many different scenarios we're in. So, you know, if you look at Robbie's, you know, uh, you know, a Dodger and he's in the Dodger system and he's in, you know, left bridge, he's in Vero beach, he's in San Antonio, he's in Albuquerque. Then he goes to, then he goes to the brewers and he ends up in El Paso. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, you, you get into pro ball thinking, okay, I'm going to spend one year here, one year there. And you just kind of move on through the system. It's, it's, it's not that, not that case. Now it may be a little bit different now since they've minimized the, uh, the number of minor league teams and, uh, you don't see players staying as long in the minor league as you and I did, um, right. you, know, ch- you know, chasing what we had to chase. But uh, it's um, you play for a lot of different managers along the way, um, and it's I always said it's like it's like panning for gold, right? Every guy that I played for, it's like you put the sand in the in the pan and you shift sift it out, and it's you keep the nuggets. So along the way, uh, was there a manager that you, that influenced you more than anybody else in pro ball? Now you played for Wilhelm, Wilhelm, right? At, at Clemson. Right. Okay, yes, so I did. Okay. So, uh, was Wilhelm an influence? Was there somebody more, in, more of an influence in pro ball? Well, I, I think, um, part of my coaching philosophy or style came from coach Wilhelm. Um, and, and it, he used to, yell all the time, you know, at our assistant coaches, let them play. You brought them here for a reason, but, um, you know, and, and we've tried, you know, we've tried to teach the little things and, and coach Wilhelm was never one. He was never going to give you any help unless you asked for it. Uh And, uh, um, so we've done that. Um, we're, we're now at a stage this year and partially part of last year where we have to offer that help because, players aren't asking for the help on a regular basis. They think they've got it. And, uh, so, you know, it, it's the culture of it has changed. So that part of it's kind of going away a little bit. Um, then I played with Terry Collins. I was with Terry Collins. Um, he was my manager the whole time I was in the minor leagues with the Dodgers. So, um, so he, he was a big influence on, what we did and um he was probably more about how you carried yourself with your energy and that type of deal and i don't know if you know him or not but he's pretty i played for him in albuquerque one year yeah Yeah, pretty fiery guy so um um but anyway so yeah it was um that was um that was kind of what i brought from him but along the way everybody that i played for i enjoyed and tried to pick up little things and uh um i i I actually got to play for joe madden for a short stint and and it taught me not to not to be so serious all the time while you're on the field and i I played i played for joe in midland for a year too same thing yeah it's uh he was a lot of fun he was a different bird he was a lot different than terry collins that's for sure oh yeah totally different (laughs) totally different but um but anyway so so I, I try to bring a lot of it in. It's kind of like I tell my players, I've been coaching 34 years now and since I got out of ball and um, since I played last. And I told them, I said, I enjoy what I do. I have fun at what I do. And if you're not having fun, you're in the wrong place. Um, and some I've had them ask me, say, Coach, you enjoyed working and all the running? I said, yeah, because that was part of my goal, to get where I needed to be. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I didn't have a problem with it. Well, the um, the evolution of the game and the player and the coaches, it's it, it it it's tough. It's tough for me to watch, you know. Even though we deal with it every day, and I do, I love everything. Once I get in the dugout or get on the field, everything is different. You know, it's back to like you're doing what you love to do. And I've been fortunate, like Robbie, has to spend my whole life in this game, one way or another. Um, you know, and other people say it's 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 not really work. It's it isn't. It's 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 a passion. It's love. But there is, you know, there's work that's put into other players, not necessarily work that has to get put into us much anymore. Um, so, the evolution of the game, um, you know, all these all these, the metrics, and now the biggest piece for us, Andrew, you're going to bring this up the uh, the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What's your, Robbie, what's your thoughts on the portal? I mean, are, I mean, obviously we're seeing a lot of colleges, universities having generally older teams. I mean, you're seeing kind of a mean age of 22 years old for these teams, um, especially here at Queens with our back door. I mean, they have kids that are almost as old as I am. I mean, they're three yeah. years younger than I am, and <clears throat> they're still playing. What's your thoughts on the transfer portal? Um, I'm not a fan. Um, and, you know, it's um, it, it's hurt a lot of young players but the young players still think there's that opportunity for D- division one. And what, what has happened with us, just like last year, we, we had 15 guys that were sophomores, but because of the portal, they were putting our guys on hold. We like you, blah, 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 whatever. Um, just give us some time. And they were waiting to see what they could pick up in the portal. That instead of being a junior that has played at the, at junior college, they were trying to get a junior or even a senior or fifth year guy that had played at the Division One level, and so it it ended up hurting some of our guys, and uh, I think that's going to continue to be the case um, over a period of time. Um, you know, and it's kind of like I tell them all the time, though, not everybody can play at Division One. I. I mean, right. you, you got to be realistic. But it's a couple of our guys that through the years that we've had guys similar to them go on and play at Division One and have been successful for the programs they've gone to, um, they didn't get a chance this time to go to Division One because they were getting a, a fourth or fifth year guy out of the portal. And um, I think that's going to continue to be the case. Um, and unless you know they what do... I figured out, what's that? The transfer portal is like playing pickup baseball in yep. the backyard. Yeah. You're just picking and choosing who you want each year and it changes each year. Well, it makes it, it makes everybody a free agent for yep. one shot, one time transfer. You're a free agent. Yep. You don't yep. like where you're at. You can get in a portal and see if you can find somebody to, uh, Immediately too, right? Yeah, to sign him. Yeah. And to and to Robbie's point, now these guys they're looking, they're looking for somebody that they think has more experience um that can help these guys win. Uh, you know, they're starting to throw big money around these these power five coaches now. And um, and even even the D1s, I mean, you know, it's 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 better money than it's ever been, and it keeps getting better for those for those guys. So oh, not, but and if on, they don't and on win. that, and on that, I'm seeing a lot of kids more than normal decommitting kids that were early commit sophomore freshmen even some in the early junior year they're decommitting from schools that they committed two years ago i think because of that reason they're like hey we don't have a spot for you anymore yeah it's and it, it is a trickle down so it's a trickle down to it's trickle down you know it's made it's made division two better it's made division three better it's made junior college baseball better it's made nia naia better because better athletes are you know are, they're older, they're more experienced they're staying in it, but it's hurt the JUCO program to move kids out of the two year into a four year program. And especially at the levels that they expected to play. And then it's hurt us in terms of, you know, trying to move the kids that we think have the, the abilities to play at the next level into the next level. Right. And it does. So it's, it, I don't think the NCAA thought through this whole thing at all and realized, you know, it was, it was nice Robbie when they had to sit out a year, um, and when they had to sit out a year, kind of like made their decision a little bit harder to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having to get to the release from the college to um, to do that. So uh, it, it becomes it becomes hard um, for these guys to it becomes hard for us that is trying to help the kids because part of Robbie's program is get these guys two years experience, either get them drafted or get them moved on. And Robbie's taking pride in that because he's had a good track record of doing that. Because the guys that we've sent there have been, you know, we've seen them move on um, after that. And now it becomes more difficult for you. Yes, it it, it is. And uh, you know, we try to. I'm I'm an upfront guy, so I'm I make sure that the players we get know that it's going to be difficult, but it can be done still. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but anyway. So it's, that's people that realize, you know, on the backside, he, so Jujan colleges function a lot like our organization in a sense, right? Not to the level they are, but he has to spend as much time trying to help move his players as he does trying to get them prepared to win, right? Where a four-year school is, you know, hopefully they're going to develop players and, um, you know, 
and they're, they're there for four years and they don't have to go anywhere else other than pro ball. And that's up to the kid. That's up to the player to be good enough to move on to move on to uh, to pro ball. So the development part is, has, has fascinated me in the past, I would say, eight years, uh, the given number, maybe 10, is that, you know, they're bringing in these Shuko, these Juco kids, not Juco kids, showcase kids, and um, they're not developed players. And the staffs that some of these guys have have the same type of player that was that they're trying to bring in, trying to develop these guys. And the development process has fallen off a little bit. And I think I've seen that more in pro ball also because, excuse me, they don't – you know, you went into the Dodgers, right? Dodgers had a way. And, uh, and I got to spend one year in the Dodgers organization, but they had a way of developing players from the ground up, right, all the way through. I signed with the Orioles, which was another storied kind of franchise that had the Oriole way. And you were trained to be a certain type of player. Um, and they developed you. Now it's, it's you know, you don't produce now, you're gone. You're gone. So there's no real projectability other than the draft. And then maybe a few guys that got some money, Robbie, that uh, they continue to kind of work with. But uh, it's it's a quick turnover now. I mean, I don't know if these guys are staying in the game four or five years. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they put as much emphasis on that, um, like they did with us. You know, when I, when I was coming through with the Dodgers after I'd signed with them, they they told us right away. Said you're going to develop. You'll go step by step. Um, it's a learning experience. We we've got to see that development, and and, and it's um, you know if you can do that, then you'll get a shot. You'll have a shot. And now, like you said, you just um, it's almost like just a number and uh, they have select few guys or, or whatever uh, talking about professional baseball and um, it's a money issue. Um, they, they really work with the guys they have invested in and uh, spend a little extra time with them. Um, for us, it's a short process. We have to, you know, we have to get somebody that's ready to be developed and, and has started that process and it just works out a lot better, um, all the way around. So we're, um, we're all about developing kids and, and trying to teach them, you know, the fundamentals of the game as well as the game itself. And, um, that's really important for us. So uh, wins more, we can win more games that way. And we can be more successful moving our players on. Good. So, is there? Do you have kind of a a network? I mean, I know every every school is is open to to taking players out of you know out of a good program, and and the colleges know that. Um, and you don't have to name names, obviously, or schools, whatever. But do you have a network of guys that you can kind of like push towards, and they like, okay, Robbie's saying this guy can play. We need to jump on this guy or see this guy. We, we have a few that we've sent kids to over the years and uh, multiple kids and, um, or players. And, you know, the, the big thing for me is, is I don't want to narrow it down to one place. Right. Um, right. We, um, and I, I won't call a name, but I will call a school. We, we had, had a young man that nobody ever thought would go to Davidson and he went to date, got in Davidson. Um, you know, we, we not only push the baseball issue, but we, have study halls and we push the academic side and um, we want our kids to, you know, I, I told them, I said, my, my number one objective is to high, have the highest team GPA in the nation. And, um, and then number two is to win the world series. But, um, but anyway, it's just, that's important too. That's part of development. See, that's, that, that's, that's a great point. I'm glad you made that on the show here because, you know, the, the, the story out there is a kid can go to junior college and he doesn't have to go to class. He's just going to play baseball and then hopefully that he can move on. He'll do whatever. Um, and, we've, you know, we've, we've heard that for years and years and years. And on top of it, with that piece, also up until, I don't know, you know, how maybe it's eight to ten years ago, but, you know, junior college was a scarlet letter but it wasn't a scarlet letter in Arizona or Texas or California. But if you were going to play, oh, where are you going to school? Oh, isn't that a junior college? You know, and people kind of feel like, you know, but now that is, that is one of the better avenues in my opinion. Um, because one, you don't have an expanded roster there. So, you know, a kid that you like is coming on, has a good chance to play early and has a good chance to develop and then move into a different, a, 
a different program. So combining that with the academics and, and, and your attention to your players doing well in school, that's huge. That, that speaks volumes for, for Brunswick. Um, because we don't hear that, you know what I mean? We, you know, you just hear like junior college is just a place to go and keep playing until, you know, maybe somebody else likes me. Well, we, 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 we pride ourselves on our, not only our kids graduating from here, but graduating from a four-year institution also. And uh, we're, we're about 97% on that. Um, with that i keep up with him just had had dinner with a former player the other night and uh he was back in town and he called and asked if if i was free and i i was excited to see him again hadn't seen him but one time since he'd left but um but anyway he he was letting me know that he had just not only finished his degree he got his master's so there you go um so a lot, a lot of, we talk a lot about you know opportunity you know, for kids to move on. But a big piece of what we talk about here in our program is experiences, right? That people have lost sight of the experiences of just playing the game and what the game can bring you. Not just, you know, I'm going to, hopefully I'm going to play poor ball or whatever, but, you know, the experiences in the clubhouse with your team, the experiences on the field, chasing championships. Robbie, you got to play in a college world series in 1980, and then you got to take Brunswick to a college world series. Can you give, is there a parallel, a balance, a different type of experience? Yes and no. Uh, I'm sure the butterflies were the same. The adrenaline was the same. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's exciting. I mean, it, you know, I tell, I tell my guys all the time, um, it, it's an honor to put a uniform on first and foremost, but then when you're, you're representing somebody like Clemson in the world series or even like Brunswick community college, um, it, it's those things are, are emotional to me. Um, you know, I, I tell our guys all the time when I went in 1980, it was not like it is now. There was not a lot of fanfare, but I, I tell them, I said, I'll guarantee you there's nobody on that field that was more excited today when they played than when I was in 1980. And, um, uh, and, and it's that way when we go to the World Series now. And we've been fortunate, you know, I've always said this and everybody says it, and I've heard it all my life, good players make good coaches. So um, guys like you that help send me good players or, or let me know about good players and we get those guys and we, we're successful and we do go to the World Series and um, then that just, you know, we'd like to win it. We're there to win and compete, but it's all about the competition and, and learning to compete with yourself and letting your emotions take over when you're out there and still play the game. It's the same game. It's just a lot bigger atmosphere. And um, so, but yeah, it's the great experiences, you know, 2013, um, we was the first year we went and I was double excited, I guess, or, or, twice as emotional because my son was on that team. Um, then we went in 16 and, um, we, um, we, we actually had a really big turnaround during mid year and, and played really well down the stretch. And, um, we won a couple of games and put ourselves in a position to do really good and ended up just making a couple of mistakes mm. in the ninth inning that cost us. Um, but anyway, um, and then in 18, we went out and we won a couple games there. So we won two games a couple times, but, uh, and everybody says, well, you were so close in 16. What do you think about that team or whatever? And I keep throwing it back. I said, we were actually closer in 2013. And they said, you didn't win a game. I said, yeah, but we had runners on first and third against the team that won it. And we had a guy that didn't tag up on a sack fly in the bottom of the ninth inning, and they beat us by one in extra innings. And uh, I said, what? I said, yeah. I said, I'm yelling my lungs out to tag, tag, tag. And the kid just brain freezes and takes off. And uh, then we lost another one-run game the next day. And both of those teams ended up playing in the championship. So, um so we were we were just unfortunate that year to have that bracket, but it's it's an exciting. We, I hope everybody, I, I, the experience for the World Series, whether it's 
Division One, Two, Three, Junior College, NAI. That's a great experience. Um, that's something they can never take away from you. Never. You no, know, and you can you can go back on the emotions and feel it. So it was interesting when I was reading today um, some stuff on Robbie. Your guys at Brunswick, when the practice is over, a game's over, you break and you scream, twelve ninety six. Yep. Right? And we explain to everybody what that it's it's one thousand two hundred and ninety six. But could you explain to everybody what that? That's the mileage it is to get from our parking lot to the College World Series. So we go twelve nine six um, when we break, when we take the field. Um, you know, and it, it, you know, team unity is really important in any sport. And uh, we don't we don't yell defense or whatever or you know different things. We just yell roll fins, and and that was our two thousand team or ten team that started that. And uh, we have fourteen guys sign off of that team and go play Division One baseball. And um, and they went wire to wire in regular conference. And then um, we stumped our toe in the regional um, and lost the first game and just didn't have enough arms to come back. Got back to the championship game, but lost. And, uh, um, but that's the team that really kind of opened things up for us. And um, they were the ones that started that, you know, in conversation that we had. And, uh, you know, there I'm still in touch with all of those guys and even guys before them. And uh, it's um, the family um, for us is really, really important. Um, we could not survive without our families. Um, we have a big parent player conference at the beginning of each year. We talk to them about what 1296 is and how important it is for us and the guys that paved the way. Um, for their son to be able to play here and the parents that gave. Um, so those things are important. And uh, it's, it's just, um, we, we try to do everything we can do to gear everything to set our goal to be in the World Series and win the World Series. And we know there's a lot of stepping stones for that. And we, we include our parents in on that because we want them to know how important that is. And uh, I probably, I've been told over and over again, um, I don't know how you communicate with the parents via email like you do and respond to them. And I said, cause family's important yeah. period. So, um, but we do, we include them. Um, I've sent out emails twice this week already about events getting ready to happen to parents, um, corresponded with them. Um, and, I, I don't mind doing that. I don't mind doing that because I, I think that building relationships that last and that are good relationships in our program, that'll help us get back to the World Series quicker. And so that's what we try to do. Now, is um, is Wilhelm, has he passed? Yes. Okay. Did yep. you keep a relationship with him up till? I did. You I did. did. Yep. So yeah, we had when I finally graduated from college, I got my diploma and took it to him. Drove wow. five and a half hours to Clemson and showed it to him. That's amazing. See, that's uh, so I before we got on air, Robbie and I were talking, and uh, on the way here, I, I spoke to Coach Jackson, my coach at Maryland. Uh, Wilhelm was Robbie's coach at Clemson. Uh, those guys had some classic, uh, classic uh, head-to-heads as well over the years. There were some tough old-school dudes right there, but. Um, I had a 15 minute conversation with my 95, 94 year old head coach from Maryland, because that's the influence. So the things that, you know, you know that Robbie's talking about, I when, when people are talking about schools and things like that, I said, you, you have to, it's like buying a car. You got to dive in and you got to find out not just what the, the school offers, but what are the people that the school offers and Brunswick offers a, a Robbie Allen or, you know, um, you know, that's important because you're sending your kids off. You're letting them leave your house at this point, right? You, you've raised them and you've given them all the life lessons and they're tired of hearing your life lessons. But you send them down the road and you're sending them to people that, you know, when I'm talking to a family, Robbie, and I'm saying, I know this guy. I trust this guy. I would want my son to play for this guy. It goes a long way. 
uh, instead of, hey, I want to wear this uniform because I think it's something special. So you got to, I mean, families have to understand, you know, how you're going to spend more time with Robbie Allen than you're going to spend with any other teacher there. You know, you're going to spend more time with the college coach there. So is this the right fit? Is this the right person? Can he handle Robbie being old school, you know, and, and, um, you know, or a different coach having a different approach to things like that? Or does the coach really care like Robbie does about the families? Or does he just care about W's and advancing himself through the system? So that's huge. And the things that you that you bring in today, Robbie, is just uh, uh, I'm appreciative of it. I'm appreciative of our friendship, um, you know, at our, our times competing against each other and, uh, you know, watching what you've done down there. And um, and I don't know, man. You got anything else? with? Oh, yeah, I got one more, one more question for you, Robbie. Um, what is the biggest hurdle you're finding out right now as compared to when you – first started your your head coaching role at Brunswick is it recruiting is it uh interacting with the athletes like connecting with them since personalities are different what what is that uh, biggest hurdle for you I think the biggest hurdle for us is and and people don't realize this is community colleges not junior college but we're a community college um community colleges does not get any support financially from the state of North Carolina so even though our 87 student athletes that come to school here um, and play four sports, we still have to fundraise money to support our program. Um, and, you know, we raise fundraise a total of twenty-five dollars to $40,000 a year for baseball to survive. Um, we're, we're at, at a point right now and, and I'm not poor mouthing. We've survived and we have supporters and, and things in place to try to help us. But, um, because of the cost of everything, um, when we travel two hours and 30 minutes to pit community college this time, we're probably going to go on a Saturday morning and play a doubleheader and come back. Then they're going to come play us a single game on Sunday. And, uh, we're, we're trying to find hotels right now. Um, for our basketball team going to Georgia to play. And you can't find a hotel room. You know, you're talking eight hotel rooms for them. You're talking 15 for us. And uh, they're $140 a night and for hotel rooms. And so when you, you talk about 15 on a Friday night and 50, 30 counting Saturday night, that's uh, that gets expensive. And so we're, we're, um, we're doing some fundraisers that we've always done and, and things like that, but that's probably the biggest hurdle. Um, we, we built a baseball field here and, uh, without any state money or any school money, the people in our community fundraised it, built it, donated to it. And it's called founders field because of the 15 people that got together and helped pull it off. And, uh, um, you know, we're, we're getting ready to build a locker room that way. And, um, so it's, um, it, it's amazing what you can do. Um, but you just, you have to do things the right way, I think. And you, you have to involve people and you have to involve your families. And, um, again, it goes back to relationships. Got to build them. So we had, we had Kay Yamagishi and, yep. uh, Michael Cavaney. Both work for yes. us this year, and um, and Michael's coaching now. Yes, uh, uh, and Kay is Kay coaches with us when he has availability on the weekends. He actually went to USA Baseball NTIS with us. But great kids speak highly of Brunswick, speak highly of you, um, and they, you know, Kay's out here now. He's a Division One player. He came here as a D two. It's a D one. Michael, uh, you know, Michael competed hard when he got here that just, you know, there was a, a, a glutton of outfielders and it just didn't get the opportunity, but, um, stayed on as a, as a manager, um, and as a, as a, as a coach, um, that, that one year and now he's in the ranks. So that, uh, it's another Testament, uh, to you, Robbie, that, uh, you know, guys stay in the game because they find different ways to love it. And they got, and you got to love it all along the way, one way or another. And it's, uh, a lot of people involved in that scenario, but, you know, one guy can stop that love for a player and can, can crush the hopes of the kid. And, um, we, you know, we talk about trying to build, um, retention in the game and that's not just as players, but as coaches, as parents that, you know, bring their kids back, uh, to the game once they're, they're done and start to have families. Did, have you had the opportunity to coach, uh, 
a player that you've had son? Have you had a, had a son combination? <laughs> yes. You have. Twice. Twice. Look at that. Getting old. Yeah, man, you are. <laughs> As one of them said the other day. The, uh, the Schaefer <laughs> Whitebeard show. <laughs> and, and we we joke around a little bit, but and I don't mind joking and picking with them, and I don't mind them doing the same with me. They, they kind of have learned – when it's time to be serious and when we can joke a little bit. But um, one of them the other day, I said, I'm, I'm old as Methuselah. And he said, uh, so that means you're as old as dirt like that. And I said, wait a minute now. <laughs> but, yeah, we um, are. But, you know, yeah. the, this game is in it. It's like talking to coach Jackson today, you know, 94 years old. And he, and he, and he falls back into when he was coaching and, you know, talking about certain players and things like that. It's uh, it's in our DNA. And, uh, it uh, it'll never go away, and I'm I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm grateful for experiences like I know you are, Robbie, and uh, you know even the tough times, even the tough times. People don't realize how you know this game is built on failure. It's constantly oh, yeah. you know putting us in a situation, and it's character building. Yeah, it it um it it is it it builds a lot of character, and um you know I, I tell my tell my guys all the time that you know how you handle that will determine how far you go. Um, I, I think being able to handle it, I said, that doesn't mean you like it. I said, I, I don't like losing. Yeah. And um, I said, but how I handle it will determine how y'all handle it. And so I don't yell and scream and kick and holler anymore like I used to when I played. I said, it took me a while to learn that. I said, but once I learned that, the game was a lot easier. Um, you know, so admit you made a mistake, learn from it, and move on. And um, I just tell them, I said, if you make the same mistake twice, then you don't care. You didn't learn from it, and it's important to learn from it. So um, it's a it's a lot, a lot of, of uh, ups and downs that you you, it's, you just got to learn to handle it. That's so. a, a great point. If you if you made the mistake twice, you didn't care enough. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Great, great point. Anything else, Andrew? You good? I'm good. Robbie, thank you for your time um, and jumping in here with us. Hopefully we can, we can rally back again, uh, you know, maybe later in the year and Absolutely. Spring. And uh, thank you for taking the time, come on the show and good luck with the rest of the fall. And we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. I'm, I'm sure we will. And appreciate you guys for having me on. Thanks, Thanks Robbie. Robbie. Take care, man. So, how about that? That was phenomenal. Yep. That was, uh, you know, it, it, it's so funny, man. That Like, I competed against that guy when I was 17, 18 years old. And now we're both sitting here with white beards having this conversation. Small world, isn't it? You know, it's, it goes on. But, you know, you, you're, you're, I don't say the word is, <laughs> you know, you're connected to certain people that have like, like mentality. Mother, right? or like, But like time and growing up right i mean we were we, we were brought up in a certain era obviously you saw what happened before we got on the air he didn't have his computer set up right and he's calling his guy i'm calling you <laughs> yeah, um way. and he's like i don't have the time i don't want to know it and that's how i that's, you know that's exactly how i you know i go about it but you know that information right there and people understanding that that's interesting about a community college because i i never knew that you know the differential between a juco and a community college they're not funded by the state that's the community school. They built that thing there, and now the community has to raise the money to maintain it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So I want you to go write a check when you get home today. Yeah, I'll okay? do it. Please do. I'll write it to myself. <laughs> yeah, Danielle will take it and cash it. Yeah, go have a good time with it. But that's just that's just you know, it's a different perspective for people out there that just you know that think if I don't play Division One, I, I don't want to play, right? And it's it's not that way. Like that's if, if you're a baseball rat and you love this game, you're going to play this game as long as you possibly can. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just how it goes. I, let me ask you this. Do you have any regrets that you didn't take that offer and, and go play? I mean, there's always regret, right? Yeah. There's regret with any decision you make. Cause you always be like, what if I did this? Right. But, I mean, right. <clears throat> and that's, that's what I was. I was a, what if guy, I mean, yeah. what if, what if I stayed in college? Could I, could I have gone past it? Who knows? I kept growing. Right. Who knows? Right. Um, but no, I mean, I would say there's regret, but there's also not regret. Not not regret because I had a fun time in college. I yeah. focus on academics. No, I don't. I don't well. say that. But you always wish back and say, "Okay, I wish I would have played another three years." 
just yeah. to play. Yeah, I mean, course. the experiences, yeah. looking at the experiences and stuff. Like yeah. And we all find our experiences mm -hmm. and the levels. It's like Zach, right? You know, my Zach saying, Dad, I, I, I like it. I don't love it. Right. So then you can't go do it. And now he's into this other whole process. He's actually flown out to Arizona today to get in front of the national chapter for his fraternity because they're ready to bury his fraternity, <laughs> you know, so they're in trouble. <laughs> but uh, so they, they, you know, the, the school voted Zach in to go out. And so that whole experience right there, I mean, he's going to go save their, you know, their fraternity. It's Hope. School. It happens well, all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, but, um, you know, you, you find different ways, but when you have kids, you, well, you're in baseball. I yeah. mean, you really didn't leave the game in the sense because you've been with us ever since yeah. you were school you know with the intern and then moved on and now um now a huge piece of what we do right um oh you said right i right. was just i didn't mean expect you to say right when yeah. i said that i mean i'd never stop no, huge huge piece and, and, and well no as far as <laughs> that not stopping i never stopped with baseball yeah. but um you know here you know here you are still in the game but you know you'll you know your nephews and we watch him taking hitting off t-ball well, i'm gonna and, go to lucas's uh last t-ball game tonight you know, Six it's last game tonight last game tonight so uh, you know who knows and uh you know we're talking about spending more time involved with usa baseball than actually coaching on the field you and right. i um it's tough to get away from that but you know if lucas starts coming and james starts coming through the system then you maybe we'll yeah you know at, one, at some point yeah you know what i was thinking about this <clears throat> this last week what uh we, we talked with the players nil last week right do you foresee these like class a athletes who are like the top one percent who are going to make that high money do you see them staying in college longer because the players nil they might more, make more money there than going to the pros yeah i mean i, I i'm sure there's certain people that are going to make that determination that you know why am i going to jump out of here you know i mean if there may be a player that is not really a projectable pro maybe be able to get in there but he's a personality on the college right you know campus and he's making money out you know you know and he can he'll stay and do it i mean listen money money talks to a lot of people right and people make stupid decisions sometimes based on money yeah um i know i made mine along the way you know it's uh there's no doubt about it but you know that's i mean that's there's so much in that nil stuff that that's unbaked yet yeah. you know what i mean that's just you don't know how this thing's still gonna new. go. Brand I, new. I, I, I'm just I'm completely disappointed with with the NCAA across the board because you know <coughs> they've allowed this is this is allowed and it's good. I think athletes should get some compensation along the way because what they do for the school, huge amount of admissions, right? Baseball, we talked about this. You know, baseball players come out of school in debt unless the families are well off and or they right. prepared for it, but there's no full scholarships. So a fan, a kid comes out in debt, but if you're a baseball, uh, basketball, or football player, you pretty much walk away with a free, a free education. So you got to figure out, you know, how do I pay for all this stuff? You know, is it, you know, yeah. what am I going to do? But the NCAA screwed up with the portal and they screwed this up too, because they haven't regulated it. These guys got to get certified. I mean, that's why Alex and, and Mark Kesher and those guys, like I'm proud of those guys because they have, they're prepared that if it comes down and there's certifications and things like that, they're not some hack out there going about that. They're going to take it. And, you know, here we are, here's our, here's our, here's our five pillars. Here's our model. This is how it's going to go. And this is how we can help athletes. And then those guys will elevate quicker and help more players along the way and families along the way. Oh yeah. I just think it, it had, there's a lot of growing with the NIL that's going to happen yeah. in the next five years. I think it's going to be its own thing. That's what I was talking with. <clears throat> Who did we have on last week? Mark? No, it was Alex. Mark. Alex. When we talk with him, basically saying, I think that the sport's going to separate from the university or college. I think you're going to have that in the next five to 10 years. It just becomes a minor league then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, how does, I mean, so you have no school loyalty. So you can be Clemson, but not Clemson University. Yeah. You just yeah. can be like, just be Clemson. Uh, I don't know that schools will allow that to, to happen because that's a big part of not only just the players. But bringing people to the school because they go, they want to go to Clemson football. No, games. I'm saying separate from like the money end, because right now the players can make. Oh, money you're saying fund outside. their own, right? Oh, school's gonna have to fund certain things because not every player is gonna be able to make that money. But it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I mean, there's so many different scenarios that Could, yeah. that can be debated. You know that uh, it's it it it's but it's money, man, right? And people know college college to me college is a scam financially, right? Yeah. I mean, they're making a lot of money. I mean, they make a lot of money, right? <laughs> and then they get funded. They get some schools getting funded by the the government or the state or whatever. So mm -hmm. they're making a lot more money than. So, um, 
you know, just how does it, how does it keep shaking out? You know, we talk about the, uh, the power five schools becoming one big conference. Yep. Does that turn into the minor leagues and you can flush out the minor leagues or you can have uh, a double A and a triple A and not have a rookie ball or an A ball. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many different things that can happen and money's going to dictate it all. Nobody's going to do it because, you know, they love baseball and this is a great sport, you know? So, yep. so, um, tryouts November 1st. Yep. Coming okay. up in two weeks, November 1st. Listen, we, uh, we are not a big brand. I could care less about the uniforms of the, the canes or the five stars or the team elites or all that other stuff. That means nothing to us. Um, what we are is an organization that, that develops players. We, um, we're one team per age group. We work hard. You hear Robbie, you know, could you imagine you got a whole, you got the entire Canes organization, five-star organization. How are you going to help all those guys get into the next level? You're not stopping to take time to go ahead and push those kids through. Right. Your national team may get through, you know, what do you do with everybody else up there? Right. So we're not that we, uh, you know, we, we, we take a lot of pride in moving our guys forward. Um, we put a lot of effort into it. And uh, so November 1st, you know, yep. go on to uh, cbcbaseball.net. Andrew, you want to put that up there for the yeah, tryouts? I'll put that up there. Um, cbcbaseball.net um, and register. It, our tryouts are free, too. We're not, uh, not out there taking $10, $20, $30 a head to come here. You, um, if you're looking for something, you know, more structured and uh, led by former major league guys, pro guys, USA baseball guys, and, you know, we could be a, we could be a fit for you. But, yep. again, you got to make the team. You know, we, like I said, we have one, we don't we don't bring guys on and say, yeah, we like you, want to keep you, and then we tell you if you're on, you know, uh, a, a number of different teams, mm -hmm. you're either on this team or you're not on the team. And it's we've had good players come here, we just couldn't take them. You know, we couldn't take them, then we had to let them go. Home plate gala, November fourth. November fourth, man, we are pushing hard on our ticket sales. Um, we got some really cool. Um, memorabilia this year memorabilia auction yeah. items yeah we got four be... hall of fame signed jerseys mm -hmm. that's pretty wild yeah reggie jackson jim palmer <clears throat> jim palmer randy Ed, johnson edgar. edgar martinez yep edgar martinez yep and we then got... we got uh a cy young award uh framed yeah picture. up until i forget what 2003 year. i believe 2003 all these signed yep. um cy young award winners pretty cool yeah. baseballs uh we, we have houses like beach houses, houses beach donated. houses yeah um all that all that cool stuff so we, we would love for everybody listen put down your sword and uh you know come hang out with a bunch of good baseball people you know, put down your sword put on the viking helmet there you go because that's what everybody yeah, yeah. run around like we're champions at the end of the night yep. it's, it's pretty crazy but uh dusty wathen head coach and uh, i head coach uh, third base coach for the philadelphia phillies hopefully he's there <laughs> yeah he no we're kind of hoping he's not there and he's and he's and he's accepting his award in. through zoom because you're in the world series that'd be cool that'd be very cool um we can handle that uh and then we have uh guardian of the game which is a which is a new award for us and it, it would it's a, a special award tommy viola the charlotte knights if you go out there and you see the plaques you see the flags you see you know you see everything if you're watching morning t he's always on morning tv yeah. with uh with homer running around but Tommy is always doing something to promote and protect baseball and protect the legacy that that's been here yep. um, of uh, of baseball in Charlotte. And that goes all the way back to the Hornets, to the O's, the Charlotte O's, and now the Knights. Um, he's a huge piece of it, and he deserves recognition for that. And then we have Trailblazer Award, which is Anna Kimbrell, who is just eating up the men's baseball world as as a female. <laughs> going through her youth um played in high school uh she did play softball in college only because the options at that point were not baseball and now then she when she was done she was back into baseball and part of team usa she's won gold medals she's uh she's renowned uh across the country by every female baseball player every you know even the the rockland peaches from the uh um, no, there's no crying in baseball. What's uh, what's come on? Gonna kill I can't me. think of it. All right, well, it'll it'll get us. It's uh, Tom Hanks <laughs> is in it, and um, but special night. Um, we start cocktail hour what, at 6 30, 6 6 30, 6 30, cocktail hour. Cocktails are free for you guys who want to be involved. We'll so go to about 3 a.m. It will go to about 3 a.m. But the, the night the night inside will be done about 10 30, 11, yeah, and then uh, then it's just kind of uh. 
um, it's, our, it's, it's our bar insurrection. Yeah. We run down the road and we, uh, we, uh, we take over the bar and, um, then we end up in one of the rooms where we keep everything. It, it was, it was late last year. Yeah, it was late. It was, uh, we, a league of their own, um, a league of their own, right. A league of their own. So we, uh, we want people to, to be involved. I mean, please go out and buy tickets. If you cannot be there, there are people that would like to come that maybe can't afford to be there that we would like to have there. So you can make a donation. Uh, a seat is $195. You can make a donation for $195. Just let us know. You know, we'd like for you to give the seat away. Um, you can buy a table for $2,500. can seat 10. Um, we got MLBPA involved with us. We have uh, CPI involved with us. Pepsi. Um, Pepsi, Architect Sports, Pe- Pepsi. YPC Media. Yeah. Um, so we... Uh, we're pushing it hard, man. It's a good time. It's uh, and it's celebrating people that are affecting people positively, yeah. just through their celebrity in the game. So uh, that's it, man. We uh, we crushed that hour, didn't we? Yeah, we Went did. Quick. It did, and uh, we we thank Robbie again and Andrew. This is your new side, man. Where's John gonna be? We'll we'll, we'll put, put him, him right in front we'll of the put baby. right there, right next to the baby. Bend, we got John or Keith or whoever else comes in here, but uh, you know and. Uh, Hopefully your grandfather's happy that he got to look at your face and not the back of yeah, your head the whole he time. Te- he texted me. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for listening, Ed. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening to Shape of Baseball Report. And we'll be back next Friday. So peace out. Thank you.